Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. It's time once again. We are here at 1600 Buck Slayer Place, beautiful Buckatorium, lovely Sherrard, Illinois. I am Steve, and the studio is Kurt. Hey. We're just going to do a quick little pre-intro here. We recorded at the Wisconsin Deer Classic here just a little bit ago, so we're just going to get straight down to business and... Man, isn't that weird that this is the first time I've done that? I just Dude, ruined the good thing. It's been a month since all of us have been in the studio because we've been on the road and had all these episodes. And I got to be honest with you, I'm tired of doing trade show podcasts. <laughs> yeah, they, I'm uh, sick of them. I like talking into a real microphone. I like being in the studio. I like the comfort of it. I hate like for it, I like doing the trade show ones, but sometimes I feel like we have to force an episode out. Because yeah, because there's like certain people, and then it's just like. Ugh. They're they're fun, but I definitely feel more home back here at sixteen hundred Buckslayer Place, beautiful Bucketorium. I, I got to get used to saying that again. <laughs> yeah. So we did just a few episodes in Wisconsin. Uh, we're going to release those between this week and next week. Episode three hundred is around the corner. We're going to try and do something fun for that, but uh, it's just getting it's getting crazy here. March and April are going to be nuts. Yeah. And so just kind of deal with us for the time being. But we have some big things coming, and we can't really talk about a lot of it, but. There is big things coming on the way. Uh, hey, you got a veteran shout out? I do. And uh, funny enough, we ran into this uh, this gentleman who sent the uh, sent the vet shout out in. The veteran's name here is going to be Whitney Johnston. Um, the branch's army. Uh, da, da, da. She is currently serving with the reserves as an E four with the three hundred and thirty second engineering unit. So, Whitney, thank you for your continuing service to this country. Thank you. We appreciate it. And Jay Rip, thanks for uh, all the fun times and uh, sending the vet shout out in. Jay's a, an interesting cat, and um, we can talk about us running into him, how the show was a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I thought Wisconsin absolutely killed it. Here, here, if I had to give it a ranking between Iowa, Ohio, and Wisconsin, Wisconsin takes a heavyweight title mm-hmm. for 2019 for shows. Uh, so everyone from Wisconsin, we're sorry about everything bad we jokingly said about you. <laughs> yeah. You are the heavyweight champs of the trade show season. It, so much so... I thought Ohio couldn't be beat. Saturday morning at Ohio was insane for cool. us. Saturday at Wisconsin knocked one punch knockout Ohio. 
uh, Iowa, you can't even compete. Yeah, man. And surprisingly, Iowa was the nicest show, but it was the least busy for our, our for us. Kind of weird. And, you know, we ended up at Wisconsin, which was a, a really nice place and did uh, just the people that we've talked to over mm-hmm. you know just social media various things people that we've we've been buddies with and uh people who uh told you that they should meet that you should meet my mic uh we uh we shook up and made hands and then he put me in a chokehold <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh dude it, it, it was awesome to see everybody cannot wait to do it again it's a ton of fun so we're actually thinking about skipping iowa next year mm. and doing a different state or a different show if you have one you recommend, let us know. Or maybe we'll just do Iowa and then do one more on top of it. Yeah. We'll see. Um, anyway, thanks for sticking with us through these shows. I know some people might not prefer them. Um, the studio podcasts are about to fire off to give us a few more, and we'll be we'll be back in the groove of things. Uh, the podcast is presented by Scent Crusher, um, scentcrusher.com. The room clean, you know the drill, the gear bags. The gear bag is my personal favorite because you – I was going to say you tote that thing around with you, but – they have a tote too. They do so. have a tote bag. Um, a tote bag. You you know you said that before tote bag like and just like slid right through it like oh, it was a thing because it's like the like the the drawstring bags. Do they need a Saint Crusher drawstring bag <laughs> yeah. for all the high school kids? Yeah, take their nasty gym's clothes in there and it'll work. That's true. Um, HHA Sports, uh, HHA Sports dot com, single pen sights, uh, the Optimizer Kingpin, fixed position or dovetail, Optimizer Tetra. The light and the Virtus Arrow Rest, and all those come with a lifetime warranty. So that is pretty cool. Um, the podcast is also brought to you by North American Whitetail Championship. We met the Wisconsin champion and the Iowa champion this year. Yeah, uh, both good dudes. It's going to be a battle. I think Iowa might stomp them out, though. But we'll see. It's going to be fun to see who wins that. You got Yeah, it's it, it'll be awfully interesting. I I was hoping that our Illinois guy would uh, get in there, but didn't happen. So it's all right. Um, it's a if you're unfamiliar with what it is, nawtc.com. It's a whitetail hunting championship, um, and you go to a, you can win prizes. You go to the finals, and you could win fifty grand if you win. Uh, podcast also brought to you by Lead Archery. We are shooting the Ritual Thirty Three now, the Working Class Bowhunter Edition. Yes, sir. I have a thirty five on the way. Oh, you do? Yeah. Do I got something on the way? Yes, you sure do, sir. Oh, I hey. kept saying, um, I kept calling it the Ritual Thirty One. And on another podcast, and I was thinking Impulse 31. It's actually a 30. <laughs> oh. That's what you're getting. Sweet. You already knew that, though. I did. Um, you did. If anybody checked Elite's Instagram on April Fool's Day, they did the Bigfoot edition bow. Oh, I didn't see that one. Oh, dude, it was awesome. I missed that one. Oh, All it's... their other April Fool's posts were gold. <laughs> some, of them were, some of them were hilarious. How did I miss that? I, I didn't even know they did that, and that's, like, right up my alley. Dude, it's it's super cool. It's uh, Yeah, it was right on their Instagram. I'll pull it up on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, Elite Archery. Uh, I love the Ritual. I know I'm going to love the Ritual 35 even more, and I don't even know how that's possible, but somehow they keep doing it. Can I give a, a shout-out to Hunter's Blend Coffee? Yeah. Okay. So I just moved, and I didn't have any coffee, but I had a Keurig machine that you provided and a K-cup, mm. and Hunter's Blend Coffee is the only food in my house right <laughs> now. And I'm not even joking. I have not been grocery shopping. I've just been going to McDonald's and grabbing something. It sucks. I don't want it, but I just haven't had time. That's hilarious. But shout-out to Hunter's Blend Coffee for being the only food that i'll allow in my house at this point <laughs> uh use code working class for 10 percent off uh podcast is also brought to you by lone wolf custom gear if you haven't seen them now on the internet they're open for pre-order 
LoneWolfCustomGear.com. It's the DeQuisto series stands, and, man, they are badass. It, really, if you get one of those setups, it's the only setup you need. It makes me actually want to get into a tree stand, so if that tells you guys anything. <laughs> Dude, we did that, that interview <laughs> with Tag and Brag. Oh, shit. Okay, we're, yeah. done, we're done with uh, with partner plugs now. But we did that interview with Tag and Brag. If you guys haven't seen it yet, it was from the Ohio Classic <laughs> where we went up to everyone and asked them if they – Knew who Tag and Bragg was, if they've ever heard a working class bone or podcast, and what does hang and bang mean? And you uh, were doing kind of like a joke interview with Cody, <laughs> yeah. and you go, man, I really wish I was in a ground blind right now. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a funny backstory that he was just so busy, and we wanted to do something goofy. And as soon as we got done with it, man, it flopped. Like, that that part flopped, and Cody looks me dead it in the face. He goes, he goes, man, I, I really thought that would be funnier. <laughs> and Cody's... Dude, that was awesome. I was like, oh, dude, I just I, I fucked up in front of Cody. The way uh, the boys from Tag and Brag chopped that up, oh, it, yeah. it's gold. It is gold. So be ready for more of those because we know what we're doing now. Oh, yeah. Man, I'm trying to pull my internet in Sherrard is just the biggest shithole on planet Earth. It, it's I can't even load a Facebook page. Damn. Oh, good luck getting this episode up, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. That's small town Illinois. Man, let's just cut in the episode. This was a fun one. It was the first one we did in Wisconsin. We had Austin Chandler on. He was with us the whole weekend. We just we figured we'd kick it off that way. Mm. A ton of people love that trip into a 150 shirt, which is cool to have him there. Um, talk a lot about shooting deer. Talk a lot about a buck that was there that I learned afterwards, the knife handle buck or whatever. Oh, I learned yeah. afterwards that was their sheds. So uh, And there were some variants to like how they did the spread and whatnot. So just a pre-warning, so don't email me when you're like, those are sheds after the podcast. I, we learned that right after, and I was like, fuck. should have done something. <laughs> should have done some homework. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for all the support. We love you guys. Enjoy. I'm Chase Rolson with Rubline Marketing. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey, everybody. It's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey, guys. This is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Mutt from Bone Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Buckman. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. You're listening to the working class bow hunter. That's right. This is the podcast for Billy Joe Lunch Bucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T. Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. Nobody pushes the envelope like working class bow hunter. Hey, this is Jules McQueen, and you are listening to the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. It's really, really not that good. Good, 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 we are doing our first podcast at the, where are we at, Wisconsin? Madison, I think? I think so. Last <laughs> time I checked. It's not really called the Deer Classic anymore. Was it Field and Stream? Deer Expo. Deer, Deer Expo. Is that what it is? They changed the name on everybody. I don't know. I just, I'll just i always call them Deer Classics no matter what. It's what oh, it yeah. We got Austin Chandler. What's going on, guys? Thanks for coming with this time. Hey, man. I'm sorry I missed the last couple, but. You bailed on Ohio. Time. Yeah, I did. I, I didn't want to miss that, but. Had to do some farming stuff, you know. Well, I'm glad that it's raining. It's going to rain this weekend at home. Yep. 
the got a chance to get away. Yeah, there's been some people coming by the booth checking out the trip into a 150 T-shirt, and yep. I'm glad that I can be like, well, this is the dude that said you can't trip into a 150. <laughs> I mean, man. it even looks like him on the shirt. So it, it is. I got it, it. Austin's got it on right now. Well, I think the, you just need to be staying in that pose at all times, <laughs> yeah, Austin, yeah. just the, the whole time. <laughs> when when we recorded in Ohio, people were asking about. It. I noticed people looked at me like, oh, you can't trip into 150. And they're like, well, sometimes there's that guy that goes out and does shoot a 150, and I should put, like, a K on, what is it, consistently. Consistently, You yes. can't trip into a 150 consistently right. is what we should I think we said. told one guy we can take a piece of green duct tape and tape over the T. You, know, you, you, you can, can. You can. can <laughs> trip into a 150. Sometimes you can, but to do it every year, that's it doesn't happen. you got to, like you said, you got to put in a little bit of effort. Yep. So... But, man, I don't know. This is cool. This is your first time podcasting in our booth. Well, you jumped on um, on one of the North American Whitetail Championship Yeah, for podcasts. five or ten minutes. It was a short little bit. <laughs> yeah, that was in Iowa. Yep. So, But, no, we're firing off the first first episode of the show in Wisconsin here. Steve isn't even here yet, which, which is, is funny. Which has been refreshing, kind of. Yeah, and what, <laughs> what is it? Refreshing. Done. What, yeah, we set up, like, smoothly with no, no hiccups. And what's funny about it is Eric made these koozies we did. <laughs> Didn't tell anyone about it. I told Kurt that we had koozies coming for this show, but I would not send him the art for the show. So, Well, you were putting something on the bottom. I think it's, you put Steve's face from the Steve shirt we did yep. like two years ago. Probably four years ago. Well, yeah, it was close to when we first started. Yep. You put Steve's face on the bottom, so we've been handing those out. And Steve's like, dude, what the hell? <laughs> this is pretty funny. Um, Austin, let's catch up with you a bit. We're due to have you in for like a full-length episode again. For sure. Studio, but yep. How many sheds have you found this year? Let's get to the nitty-gritty. I, I haven't counted. Oh, over oh, 30. Oh, that's cocky, man. Over 30. Over 30. I don't that's know. That's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. No no monsters. I mean, that's really good. I found six. I got yeah, one. I got seven. Yeah. You just beat all of us together. No. 30. <laughs> He's like, ah, I Combined. just found a humble 30. Humble 30 I've got I've got one farm that always holds deer. I mean, 15 or 20 sheds every year I can count on. Really? I always find it. Seems, yeah. Damn. It seems like I always find a really good deer on there, and this year the biggest one was probably in the 30s, maybe low 40s. So That's it? That's. I mean, I, I'm only saying that's it because it's your farm. Right. Yeah, it's been kind of disappointing, but we were hard on it two <laughs> years ago. We killed off like three nice deer off that farm. So. Yeah. Hopper. Dro- you're not finding the sheds of hopper dropper this yeah, year unless kinda, you're picking yeah, one up from like Kind of disappointing. <laughs> that actually came up as a Facebook memory today. It was a year ago, year ago today that I found those sheds. So <laughs> that's that was crazy. pretty cool. That is, yeah. um, and he held drops from what I mean. We talked about this before, 2015 and on. Let me think. Uh, yes, 14, 15, 16. 16 was his first year, so 16, oh. 17, and killed him in 18. Yep. So he had drops all three years. Yep. Damn. What's funny is we were at the show. They take a uh, like basically like North America's biggest whitetails and have them on display here at the show. Very yeah. impressive. And there's a buck here. I can't even remember the name of it that looks like your hopper dropper buck, but on steroids. On steroids. <laughs> like, you're like, yeah, it looks like my buck, but double. Yeah. Which is crazy to think about. It, he scores like 250, 260, huge, great, big yeah. double clubs coming off. With, the, with almost like the same type of brows your yeah, buck had. crazy mm-hmm. wild turkey foot brows. What did your buck do, low 190s? 192, I think. Which yeah. is insane. And that buck did two, like, 50s? Yeah. Which is crazy. But <laughs> Mine looks like a baby compared to that one. <laughs> it, it, and it's a little sad, you know, that you can realize what deer can turn into with the right, like, it's almost by chance. It's like winning the lottery that that deer oh, got that big. Sure. It makes you, you want know? to know what every deer would look like at seven or eight years old. Yeah. Yeah, because I think a lot of stuff 
genetically can just blossom out of them mm-hmm. when they hit that age, you know. It, there's just something that can come out and they can transform into a freak all of a sudden yep. where he could be like a, a 140, 150-inch 10-pointer for years and all of a sudden blossom into something. I don't know. Yep. I, I personally don't have the patience to let him get that old, but... Oh, it's tough, man. 150 still get me pumped up. Oh, for sure. <laughs> so we were talking to Cody DeQuisto at the Ohio show, and I was like, yeah, I get kind of emotional when it comes to killing deer. He's like, ah, I just don't have that, that feeling. I'm like, well, what deer would make you get emotional? He's like, oh, it had to be 190s typical. Jesus. And I'm like, 190s? <laughs> typical on top of that? Like, yeah. Come on. I think, like, the Straight Iowa State typical. record's, like, in the like 204-ish, right, for typical archery yeah. buck. I'm like, man, okay, one. you had to be just shy of the state record for Iowa to get worked that's, up about yeah, that. Yeah, that's when you got high standards. I know, but it, it's kind of inspiring to talk to guys like that because, like, I look at you as that layer above me, and then Cody's like, it's, and the, the Quistos in general are at that, that spectrum above everybody else. Yeah, the top and, tier yeah. you want to be. Yeah, yeah and yep. there's, like, very few people that inspire me to want to, like, push it to that next layer of the bow hunting realm, like you, you are one of them for me, Austin. Uh, next and then, and then Cody and uh, just the DeQuisto like legacies kind of have that. Yeah, you know, for, I think for anyone that's diehard in the bow hunting game, has yeah. to show respect to those. If boys, you're not so. looking up to those guys, you must be a pretty damn good hunter. Yeah, or you just you're so unaware that you're <laughs> you just don't know. Yeah, I right. mean, it's crazy to because to me, I get jacked up over. 130 inch buck if he comes in the right way oh for sure if he's working <laughs> working a doe or something there's yeah. in, it doesn't matter what buck it is you're getting yeah. worked up yep. about it's it it's also i really like to shoot deer too though you know for it's, sure. it's tough for me to like watch bucks walk by and not want to just sling an arrow <laughs> it's just yeah oh man it's exciting slant you know like yeah. just send an arrow through one but i don't know i don't know my buck that i got mo- the most jacked about was 130 <laughs> really last season yeah right. and then i shot that other good 10 pointer and I mean, he was a lot bigger buck. I was still, I was still really pumped about it. I know he was heavy. Yeah, Austin helped me. We talked about the only pull him out. Of this. We had the deer sled, and we bailed on it for a little bit. The deer sled, but I don't know. You guys pulled him a, out of a ravine, didn't you? It yeah, was, he was like in this low spot, and I went up to him and I, I cleaned him by myself in, before the rain, and I felt my back pop when I pulled him over to roll him. And I should, I don't know if I posted a photo online. Of like his body laying there, he was there. a monster. Just, that deer was heavy. I, I I still have to say he's five and a half. Oh just yeah, body wise. You look at that mount on the wall compared to anything else he got in his freaking neck. What's his neck? Twenty one. No, it was. Man, I'm. I said on the podcast it was high up there. It was um, twenty nine, wasn't it? No, I think twenty seven or twenty eight. That's a monster, dude. Yeah, that's bigger than anything I've got neck wise. Yeah, I. You know, even uh, Julian Loker, uh, he. He's mountain deer at Old Barn Taxidermy in yep. southeast Iowa. Yep, southeast and, Iowa. And uh, he said, too, he's like, man, that's a big neck, man. He's like, I get a couple a year that might touch that yeah. that realm of the, just the hoss of necks on that way. But, yeah, he was heavy, man. We pulled him out of that low spot. I wouldn't admit I'd still be there pulling him out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Coyotes, Coyotes would be munching on him. I'd be trying to get him out of that ravine. <laughs> that was the same as mine, my big one two years ago. If Eric would have been there, I don't think. I don't think I could have yeah, got, him out, got him out of there. Well, you shot him way back there, too, didn't oh, you? Oh, yeah. It was in there, and then once he hit him, he kind of ran down down the ridge, so he's on the side of a ridge where, mm. you know, that's the hardest part to pull is right when you're in the middle of the ridge trying to get him up yeah. and on mm-hmm. top of the ridge. Just get him on the damn deer cart. Yeah. Yeah, I think you need to pursue your uh, invention you had in mind, Eric, about the deer cart idea. I know. I just need to do it. <laughs> 
I know. A little bit of money. I know. But I, I think I would have been able to get him out, but where he fell down in there, it would it was just one really hard pull straight up this yep. like steep ravine, and then it was right up to a log road. And I had the truck backed up right up to the front of that oh, log right, road. Gotcha. But uh, we huffed and puffed getting him out of there, two guys, and it was <laughs> it, was, it was a workout. <laughs> it was a workout, man. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't even know where I was going with that. Talking about sheds. So, I mean, do you have any any deer for next year that you're, like, targeting? Or are you kind of just like, well, we'll see what pops up? I've got one that I don't want to see. Why is that? He's a three-year-old this year, and he's got a a 13-inch, too. He's an eight-point mainframe, 13-inch, too, already as a three-year-old this year. Oh, as a three-year-old this year. So I I just don't even want to see him when he's four, and then when he's five, that's when I want to see him. Yeah. Well, you think you're going to give in? He's going to be too good. He's going to be too good to pass I, I up. Bet, I bet that deer will probably stack on 20, 30 inches as an eight-pointer, you know, be in the 150s. He's going to be good. So, yeah, I just did not a, see him. As a four-year-old. Yeah. Yeah, imagine, like you're saying, if that deer gets to be an uh, eight-year-old. Yeah. You know, what do you Five, do? Five, six. Yeah, six would be nice. And that's Boone and Crockett territory. He could oh, be. Oh, for sure. He could be. When you see a three-year-old that looks like that, it makes you wonder what they what they could be. But then I've had deer. Like uh, the deer that I shot in 17, when I passed him when he was three as a 150-10, mm-hmm. and then he just kind of stayed 160s. Yeah. And I killed him at 152 when he was seven. So, yeah, I mean, it's all... You never know what they're going to do. It's the individual. Yep. And that's the thing with it. If, when you let deer go like that, it's kind of a gamble. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not sure what you're going to get. You might get lucky and he blows into a super giant. Most of the time it pays you back, but sometimes they just kind of plateau. Does it most of the time pay you back? It does for me, Yeah. If I, if I pass a three-year-old, normally he's going to tack on 20, 30 inches by the time I kill him when he's five. But they can plateau and yeah. they kind of go on that downhill range, too, once yep. they get in that seven, eight-year-old range. Yep. Yeah. I mean, like your buck that you shot a few years the ago. eight-and-a-half-year-old, he's definitely going yeah. downhill from there. Yep. Right. Yeah, I, I just, I've never had that opportunity to follow a buck from two-and-a-half to, like, five-and-a-half. I've, mm-hmm. I've never really had that happen. I've had a deer be around hunt him get a close encounter and then the next year he comes back and then it's always he disappears but i follow deer for about two years and then after that they kind of just disappear i, I don't ever see like him again two or maybe yeah. three years but i've never had to follow I don't from, have, you know start right, to finish like, big enough pieces where you can actually track yeah, that deer that stay exactly. there well that's why the hopper dropper story with austin's double drop was yeah. so appealing because it's like a buck of that caliber everyone started well it seemed like everyone knew about him or yeah. everyone was learning about him i think yep I mean, do you think people knew about him before the year that you shot him, before that season? Oh, yeah. My buddy John had been following that deer since 14, since 2014. Right, right. So that was uh, forget about that. four years' worth, and he knew him, and then the neighbors to the south knew him in 14, where he was a, a nice, you know, 150-inch, 10 And how many deer. people did they tell? You know what I mean? I, he, wasn't, he wasn't really anything that special till the next year, and then by the next year he was kind of getting to that 170, 180, where everybody, you know, people were starting to talk about him. It's kind of amazing that that deer did, I mean, I hate to even say this, it's amazing that deer didn't even get poached by, right. like, how many people knew about him and mm-hmm. his look and the double drops. Yeah, like, yeah. someone, how many people saw that deer crossing the county road? A lot of people knew about that deer and where that deer was bedding was not 200 to 300 yards off a of gravel road where I seen 20 vehicles every night. It's just amazing well, that he made it. it. Even in right. off season, you see him out in the bean field feeding. You know, yep. people have seen him. They so, put eyes so on many, him. So yeah. many of my friends have come up and said, "Man, I seen that deer. I know a guy that seen a deer. I put a sneak on that deer." It's yep. crazy how many people had had encounters with that. It's deer. just crazy that caliber of deer. How many people it brings <laughs> in from miles? Yep. It kind of gives you anxiety when if you ever do get a deer of that caliber on your property because. 
I mean, you know, we were looking at some of the deer out there, some of those big typicals. Like, if you saw that, you don't forget it. Oh, no, not, not know, at all. What was that buck we were looking at? We were debating. It scored, what, 2 of 6 typical? And we were debating what? how it looks bigger than the uh, Milo Hansen buck, which is like yeah. a that two- giant mainframe full body mount That's there? bedded. Yeah, yeah. bedded yep. on the end. The, yep. knife, the knife handle. Um, the knife handle buck. Knife handle buck. Bedded mount, super cool mount. Just yeah. a Huge, typical frame, beautiful deer. We were talking about how that deer looks bigger than Milo Hansen's buck. Milo Hansen's buck is 212-ish. 213, yeah. And that buck looks like it's got 25 more inches on it. Right. And his score was 207, I think, was his official score. Yep, and we were breaking it down. And I don't know how they measured that deer. I I would hate to be the guy to put the tape to it. There was a panel that measured it. So, obviously, the call they had, it, it worked out, but... I almost wonder if some of those points on there was like a non-symmetry point, and they had to measure it as like a non-typical point, like one of yeah. them or, or something like that. Because because it's fairly typical. It I mean, looks there can't weird, be much. It's all typical. He's got look. a split right brow, and that's yep. it. I think. Yep. So that'd be the only deductions, correct? deductions, correct? It, it just depends because they call it as a non-symmetry point. A non-symmetry point can still come off the top of the beam like a typical point, right. but it might fall between a G2 and a G3. Yeah, some yeah. of it, his twos and threes were real close together, yeah. so maybe they counted it as like a common two or whatever. Yeah, one of them on there looked like, and he can have two non-symmetry points on the both sides that match, mm-hmm. but it's not counted as a typical like G1, G2, G3, oh, gotcha, G4. Gotcha, gotcha. So it just depends on how they fall. It, it gets, man, that's... As a measure, when you go in, you have your measures handbook on you because sometimes you got to look up like the rules on a non symmetry point because it's you know it's pretty standard. Once you like know what you're looking for, you read like mm-hmm. that you know how to find a non symmetry point or some some points that are uh, common base points that have you know they they touch at the bottom and there's right. certain shapes that dictate right. if it's two separate points or if it's a common base point and it's a split point instead of two tines laid right next to each other on top of the beam right they could be barely connected at the beam and then yep but they could be considered point yeah like you could be considered their own separate point or do you measure it at the split or it splits off from the two if it's off the g2 right so there's a lot of stuff that you got to refer to in the handbook that buck does look bigger though it's yeah and that's that's what i wonder i'd like to see maybe we should give that a google and see if we can find the score sheet on that because i'd like to see um I, I don't really. I mean, maybe it's that big. I don't see that it'd have two non-symmetry points on each side of it. It all looked matching besides the split. It brow. does. It looks perfect. Because <laughs> if you called them both non-symmetry points, it'd be like. I mean, they're what fourteen inches probably. It'd be uh, that's a shit ton of deduction. Yeah. Right. So it, I don't know. We'll have to look that up. We'll look up the knife handle yeah. buck. What, Do a little digging. Is that what it's called? The knife handle buck. I, I think, think so. so. We'll go take a look at it after we get done here. Yeah, we'll go take some photos and then maybe I'll just make that the cover up so people know what the hell we're yeah, talking about. In Iowa. It's an impressive display out there. There's uh, tw- 20 deer out there that were super impressive. Very cool display oh, to yeah. walk by and right. check yep. out. For sure. Well, let's kick off this. Uh, I keep wanting to say Ohio show because I'm stuck in Don't Ohio. We're getting Wisconsin show ready. Wisconsin? Wisconsin. Should we do a little cheers here to the Wisconsin show? It says not the land of bush light, but we're going to drink it anyway. <laughs> All right. Call her good. Go shoot your bow. Love you. to go like just full-blown redneck on these fish this is like high-tech cane pole fishing right here from the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters enjoy the best fishing panama city beach has to offer during chasing the sun sundays at 9 30 a.m eastern on waypoint tv 
the destination for outdoor entertainment. 